Sheree always seemed to come out on two feet, doesn't she? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to talk about the power, the powerful place of rest again. Uh, we ta- I talked about it. I thought it was last Saturday, but it was Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. And so actually this message is for Sunday, but God told me it wasn't done. And I'm like, uh, well, give me a scripture. <laughs> of course, I had to, you know, search. But then he started to speak to me about rest. He said, this is not finished. And, you know, it wasn't because this is where we all are. We need to enter into the rest of God. And the rest of God is where you get energized. You know, everybody's tired. Amen. And I know it's the truth because uh, there's been people that I've been seeing ministers ministering on the Internet. And they are saying that everybody is tired. And so God, know, he knows what the body needs. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this hour, in this new era. We thank you, Father, because we do less and you do more. And we thank and praise you, Father. And Lord, we ask that you break open the bread of life for us today, Lord. Make us whole, feed us from your word, and let us eat until we are fat. And we thank and praise you for your deliverance, And we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we know that God worked. And then when he was finished, he rested. Amen. And when he worked, it wasn't a work like what we do uh, from 8 to 5 on your job. It's a different kind of work. He was about his business creating. How about that? He was not a, a, what are these people that go, uh, it's uh, Chuck's show. Uh, what is that show? I can't think of that show. Where where you go and present your, what you created, Shark Tank. Well, it's not like Shark Tank. He's already got it together. He's created things, but he doesn't need anybody's approval. <laughs> And he doesn't need anybody's money to get this thing patented. It's already patented by heaven, in heaven, amen. But all jokes aside, God is on his job, amen. He rested on the seventh day. And we're supposed to rest too, amen. So anyway, let's go to, turn to Matthew 11. Hallelujah. We were there last time. Amen. Part of God's divine design is for us to rest. Amen. And if you look at that word rest, the meaning, it says to cease work or movement in order to relax. And okay. And then the other thing, it says to recover, to refresh oneself, to pause, to recover strength. And so God wants us to recover strength. And this is why it's the rhythm of his heavenly pattern for us to rest. You must rest every day. Amen. Not just your body. You think about it. When you rest your body, you rest in one one portion of who you are. But the Bible says that... Um, 
when you cast your cares upon him, he cares for us. It says that he gives us rest for our the resting or the refreshing of our souls. And when your soul is rested and refreshed, you're resting every component of your body. Amen. Hallelujah. Because when you enter into God's rest, he's resting and encouraging and building up your spirit. And then he tells us in his word that rest is for your soul and that spirit, mind and body. See, when we take a natural rest, we go to bed and we, I don't know, take Salmonex or whatever. Some people don't. I've never had a tr- trouble sleeping. But whatever we do, we rest. We rest our body. Well, you still got a spirit and a mind. So you're resting one portion of your natural being. Are y'all here today? So, but when you, you rest your, your, uh, soul, you rest everything. And you also, when you rest in the Lord, you rest in your spirit, man, too. It's being energized. And so this is why it's so important. Because I was asking the Lord, why is this message? And I hear a lot of people are talking about resting. And I'm wondering why is this so important? Because we need to rest every part of us because we're in spiritual warfare, whether you don't know it or not. The devil is raging and he is raging because he is losing. He is losing. You can see that in the natural. But I'm telling you, he talk a good game. He throw his weight around and he lie like everything to try to make you think you are losing, but I'm telling you, you're winning if we can only understand that. And so he'll tell you that your underwear is pink when you know you put on black underwear. But if you're going to believe it, then that's, you know, you have to really be on your game. Amen. And so all God wants us to do in this rest is to turn everything over to him. He wants to handle everything and we want to hold on because it's our business amen you know i know how to handle my business (laughs) but god teaches us through this rest it's not just something that we do or let me put it this way it's not something that god does to stay in control of us he orders this rest for us because there's a lot that he wants to do for us in us and through us he's preparing us for what's to come and so this is why everybody is weary well not you know just real weary but you know you you you're tired you're fatigued i'll use the word fatigue it's like you're in a battle and it's like when do you come out of this battle well you have to come out of the battle to be refreshed and restored but you can't you can't quit you don't quit amen you stay in the battle and allow god to comfort you to help you to encourage you to restore you to strengthen you all these things that we need god to do he does it in the rest well why can't he just do it because he wants your attention amen because he's not only strengthening and encouraging he's teaching us at the same time because if you don't know what's going on then you you know then 
you can't help other people. And so we need to stay abreast of what's happening at all times. Amen. And don't move when God tells, see, this is, this is, uh, how people stand. I, I, they stand because they continue to stay in the rest of God so he can strengthen them and fortify them so that they can stay on their watch and stand. Amen. Otherwise you, you're on a false stand. It's not real because you're doing it in your own strength. We need to stop doing things in our own strength. And understand and know that God is here to help us at all times. Amen. Hallelujah. So God wants us to be comfortable with him. And be comfortable with who we are in him. And I think that's why sometimes we don't understand the rest or we don't rest in Christ. Because we're not comfortable with who we are because most of us don't know who we are. And if we do, we forget who we are when the storm comes. Amen. Amen. We get shaky. And before you know it, you know, you forget who you are. And you cry out. Well, we don't cry out. We need to cry out. But we start thinking God is not with us. Or God didn't tell us to do that. Or I missed God. Then we get mad. Amen. And we get mad at God because he's not helping us. But God is helping us every day. Amen. But we constantly create more work. And I'm going to use that word create more work to feel holy and accepted by God. But that's works. We create work. It's like this. This is And this is what the Lord was showing me. He says, you need to ask me every time you do something. See, but we look at that as a task. But it's something we need to incorporate in our everyday living. Ask God. He wants to be involved in everything that we do. I don't care how small. And you know what I found out? He's just going to say, okay. He's going to say, okay. He says, but let's do it this way. Because, see, God has a better idea and a better way. His ways are perfect. And so he's going to show us a better way to get done what we need to get done. And that's all he does. But people think he's not going to let me do this, so I'm not going to ask. Number one, that's rebellion. Amen. And God can't bless you when you're in rebellion. So it's me- it's best to just run it by him just to see what he's going to say. I mean, you know, what's that scripture? Uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. And so in the end, we're going to have to cry out to God for your help when you get your foot caught in a snare anyway. And so it's best to ask God in the beginning, should I be doing this? I don't care if it's an invitation to a cookout. I'm so used to asking him before I go places because you don't know if a fight is going to break out or who's going to come and, you know. People are so nutty nowadays. I mean, I ask him everything. Well, should I go? You know, if so, you know, whatever. Because I I belong to him. I'm on his time. He's not on mine. I'm on his. And so when you're into works, just doing stuff, we create stuff to do just to show God, see, I'm helping people. Or see, I'm doing this. I can't tell you how many things I've done that I shouldn't have been involved in. You know? Because I was helping somebody. Amen? 
But we need to run everything by God. Amen. And this is how we get burned out. Works burn you out. And it's religion. It burn you out. It's Well, it was a nice thing to do. Yeah, it's nice. But God's got something nice for you to do across town. You want to go over there? Nah, I ain't go. That's too far. I ain't going over there. You know, what I'm, stuff like that. It's just so easy to misinterpret what God is telling us to do simply because we have a pattern of doing things our own way and in our own strength, in our own time. You know, it's just a pattern, but we need to get used to doing things in God's way. Amen. So let's go. We're in, we're in Matthew 11. Let's see what verse 28. Oh, let me get there. Hallelujah. This is come to me, all you who labor. That means work and are heavy laden. That means, that means you have a monkey on your back. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, too many commitments. It's just, we just get ourselves involved in too much. It says, and I will give you rest. And it says in 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, what does he mean by this? He wants us to learn from him, learn a better way of doing things. That's all God is saying. He just wants to show you the easier way. He wants to show you the way he's designed for us to do to get things done. He wants us to let him show us. Amen. So let's see. And learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Now he's talking about our soul. Spirit, mind, and body. It can be easily overlooked. Amen. He says for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Hallelujah. And that word easy, let's see, what does that mean? It means useful and pleasant, good and comfortable, suitable and serviceable. Amen. Amen. And the legalistic religious system liked severe burden. And really and truly, if you ask my opinion, the legalistic system liked to punish you. It was really punishment because it was no joy. You, you ever, well, when we all come from religious settings, it was no joy in the place because it was always something you had to measure up to or it wore you out. I mean, got, by the time you get finished dancing into some churches, you know, you're tired, kicking up a sweat. I did all that stuff and it was just a burden. Religion is a burden. And then it'll turn around and bite you every time you try to turn around. Everything you do is wrong. You ever felt like that when you was in everything you think is wrong? Everything is wrong. Or, you know, somebody's watching you. That's religion. When they sit up in church and watch what you are doing to try to see if you're going to make a wrong move. Nothing but legalism. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know these fad diets legalism taste not you know don't you can't do eat i there is nothing restricted in my diet amen now god has the antidote for being fat don't overeat it says do things in moderation and not in excess 
He's got the antidote for everything. And so, but there's nothing that, you know, I, I understand when you, if you have some kind of, uh, condition, according to the doctors, you know, you, you need to cut things, certain things out, uh, of your diet for a season. But you know what I'm saying is some people, it's like, I can't eat this. I don't, I can't eat meat. I can't eat. Yes, you can. You get hungry enough. Your cupboards get bare. I'm going to see about what you can eat. <laughs> okay, I'll leave people alone. Amen. But you know what I'm saying. We shouldn't restrict ourselves. And that's, that's a religious mindset that's always got some restrictions. But I like the message translation. I read it yes, last week. I'm going to read it again. It says, um, this is verse 28. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Come away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And wait a minute. Walk with me and work with me. See, God wants you to walk and work with him amen he's going to show you how to do it it says and i he says and watch how i do it and that's all this rest is about it's so simple it's so simple it don't make sense he wants to show us a better way to get things done even the things that he's ordained for us to do whether it's ministering to people laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover it's a easy it's a it's a, a preordained method to get things done and god wants to bring us into that and i think it's for the end time harvest amen i think all of this work all it not works but all of this rest and encouragement and recovery and uh restore restoration all these things are for uh the end time harvest we are in training training never stops Amen. Okay, I didn't finish. Learn. Uh, let's see. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. Hallelujah. So grace have, has a rhythm. Amen. It says, and I won't, um, let it, I won't lay anything heavy upon you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's the message translation. So God wants us to learn. He keeps saying, learn of me, work with me. See, he's not saying, well, just let me handle this and you go sit down somewhere. He says, work with me and I'm going to teach you a better system, a better way. And that's all he's trying to do. Amen. Verse 29. Did we read? I think we read 29. Yeah. Take my yoke. The Amplified says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. See, you know why I think God is telling us this? Because he don't put pressure on us like the like religion. Religion puts pressure on you to get things done. It puts pressure on you to do things a certain way. It always tells you, you know, you don't do it that way. You have to do it this way. That's how religion is, you know. And it's not being precise. I think religion is picky. It's not precise. It's picky. 
Amen. Because only God's way is the right way. Amen. So I am meek, gentle. Uh, well, gentle is meek. Humble. That means lowly. Lowly in heart. And you will find rest and relief, ease and refreshment, recreation, bless, blessed quietness. That's verse 29 in, on, in the Amplified. So when we become tired and weary and burned out on religion, we, uh, it's because we, we're doing fleshly works. See, we're supposed to do spiritual works, not fleshly works. And fleshly works is you trying to prove something to somebody or to yourself or to God. See, fleshly works is always, always wants some type of accolade or maybe that's the wrong word it wants some kind of appreciation for what you're doing in other words you're pumping yourself up amen religious rituals burden us and provide no peace but god wants rest for our spirit mind and body that's your soul says but when we rest our souls are refreshed amen See, if you you have a double mind, he's gonna get rid of that double mind during in your in your rest. He's gonna get rid of that double thinking. That's well, I should say stinking thinking. That's a double-minded man, because he uh, God knows if he allows us to stay on that road, you can't please him with a double mind. So he's coming after the double mind. He's coming after the weariness. He's coming after all of the questions that we have and all of the confusion that we might have when we rest our souls are refreshed so instead of the burden of religion god is saying take upon me uh, this yoke amen and learn of me because he is not harsh like religion in other words you ain't got to do nothing See, religion says you got to do it. You got to do things this way or you got to do things that way. Well, we've always done things like that, you know. But God has a new way of doing everything. It's like this. It's not God's way. I mean, it's not our way, but it's God's way. You know what I'm saying? We need to do things God's way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Amplified says, for my yoke is wholesome and it's useful and it's good and it's not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable. It's gracious and pleasant and my burden is light and easy to be borne. God's yoke is a free and loyal relationship. This is what his yoke is. If you want to know what his yoke is, it's a free and loyal relationship with the father. And it's not a legalistic system full of severe burdens and punishments and, and requirements. His only requirement is that you come because he ain't going to chase you. He says, come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. It's just you and him. See, God doesn't like, uh, 
a three-party or four-party system. He wants you and him. He wants you to come face-to-face with him so that he can speak directly to you and show you how much he loves you. He's concerned about you. Amen. Hallelujah. He doesn't, he wants us to rest. Amen. And cease from our fleshly abilities. And those are the labors. That's labor. Fleshly ability. And surrender to God's plan, power, and purposes. Hallelujah. We also cease from achieving on our own. God doesn't want us to achieve on our own anymore. And move into a peaceful place of contentment. You ever just went and sat down somewhere, wasn't about the TV, it wasn't about conversation on the phone, just sitting down and enjoying. I did that one time and the devil got so mad at me. Yeah, he gets mad at you because he always wants it to be about something. But it wasn't about anything. I was just sitting in the presence of God, admiring nature and and the creation things that God had done because I had never looked at them in this way. You know how you see things like I know what a bird is. I know what these things are, (laughs) but I had never looked at a bird and just watched him to see what he does. And I said, wow, it was so awesome to me because I see how God has trained every species of living thing or whatever you want to call he's he's created it and then he's taught them how to survive and that's why that's that scripture says look at the lilies of the field look at the birds and that's what that scripture means and i actually witnessed that and the birds the mother bird was going to the to the baby bird and uh it was a nest in the tree across the street and then i'm telling you god gave me 2020 vision because i could see in that nest like it was right there and this huge tree on the opposite side of the street and it was so tall but i was able to see that bird in that nest and i saw the mother bird taking food and then the father bird came and he had something that looked like wood in his mouth which i later figured out he was building the nest and they carry straw and pieces of grass and wood chips and that kind of stuff. But I saw how they have a um, a system of survival. And they do it all uh, under God's direction and authority. And so God created everything as we know it the heavens of the earth he created man and then he created you know all of the animals and and uh adam named them all but he also created uh, a pattern and a uh blueprint for their life too as well as ours because he wants them to survive until that time amen and so they were taking care of this little bird. And then uh, this little bird fell out. I thought he fell out the nest. And then the father came around and got him. And, and he, you know, picked him up like and, and carried him back up there. And I didn't know that they were going through a, exercise, a survival exercise. It took me a while, okay. I just come out the Baptist. I was still in there. So I didn't really understand how the uh, the the workings of the spirit realm. I didn't understand it, but I was God was showing me, and so they kept and then they did it again. They fed the little guy, 
then they're gonna throw him out the nest and then he he was going down and then the father came right and and got him and then took him back up there and by the second or third time he got it they didn't come get him so he flew (laughs) but they it's funny because they knew exactly when to not swoop down and get him they knew he was ready his wings were strong enough to fly and that's just an example of how god does us. if he does that for a bird he's gonna take care of us too he is not gonna leave us amen and it's, it's, God was showing it to me and I didn't really, I knew he was allowing me to see into the spirit realm, but I didn't know the significance. But that's right in the book of Matthew 5 or 6 when it says, you know, look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds, because he's done so much for them and with them as examples of, of that's just a tad of what he won't do for us. He loves us with an everlasting love. There is nothing he won't do for us. Okay, so if you don't have it, you have not because you ask not. And ask in faith. You know, it's like, God, I'm believing that when I ask, you're going to give it to me this time. Because before I asked, I wasn't in faith. Or maybe it wasn't time for me to receive that. But my faith is still out there. And when it's time, I'm going to receive. I'm willing to receive everything that you have for me. And so God knows all things, even to the smallest um, fraction of of uh, detail. He has it all designed. And, and we like to call it divine design because it is a divine design. So his yoke is, is free and uh, a free and loyal relationship. Amen. And and when it says free and loyal, meaning there's nothing you cannot bring to the table with him. I don't care what it is. If you, you tell the Lord, Lord, I just don't like a certain person or or maybe I think they don't like me. You can take all that stuff. Take it to the table. And I'm telling you, God will. He has an answer for everything. There's nothing you can't question him about that. He doesn't have an, uh, an already answer it's an already answer amen all right so let's back up to hebrews four yeah oh i'm sorry go to hebrews four like i said hebrews four let's see and it's the promise of rest. Let's go to verse 9 right now. And it says, there remains therefore rest for the people of God. Are y'all here today? For the people of God. Amen. God has provided everything in the kingdom of God. There's everything that we need. Amen. Let's see. Let me keep reading. Verse 10 says, For he who has entered his rest have himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. I'll read it again. For he who has entered God's rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. So you're equal with God. You're on equal plane with God. And I like that because you can hear and learn of him. Is nothing that, that you don't know that he doesn't know in this place. 
because this place is really the secret place. It's the secret place where he, where he shares all secrets and he gives all, um, it, all, oh, what's that word? Revelation. It's where revelation knowledge is received. That's where this place of rest is. It's a place of, of, uh, it's a secret place. And it's where he gives us mighty revelation. Amen. Praise God. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Wouldn't you run if, 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 uh, you knew God had something powerful for you? Now see if God told people, come, come and enter my rest. I got some hot revelation that I haven't told anybody else. People would be running to the rest. Ooh, I gotta go. Ooh, girl, leave me alone. I gotta go get my rest. I gotta rest with the Lord. I gotta see what he's gonna tell me. But see, he doesn't tell us that at first, nor does he tell us what he's going to tell us. He doesn't tell us what he's going to reveal. Amen. That depends on your hunger and your thirst. So it's never the same for everybody. It's never the same. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's go over 11 again. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest Least anyone fall according to the same examples of disobedience. Now, what examples are they talking about the children in the wilderness? He wanted them to enter into his rest. And, of course, they had a whole lot of complaints. They had a lot to say. They didn't know how to enter into his rest because they were worshiping idols and doing other things. You can't you can't enter into God's rest until you drop all of your other little little things that you have going on you just lay it at his feet all of that stuff you lay it down and say you know what god it's just me and you and that's what we need to do and then that's when he will reveal things maybe not the first time but he will reveal uh secrets to his people he will discern give you discernment he will give you a whole lot of stuff Amen. Verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing, even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, see, this is what God people are trying to get away from. They don't want to understand and know uh about you know what's to come or what they did wrong they don't want to know when they start dealing with that word and the words start cutting people take a hike they say i'm done and you leave your you leave the rest but it's best to stay there stay there until god is done with you amen hallelujah so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into fellowship with God. And that's what this is really all about. Amen. Yeah, he's going to point out some things that's wrong with us. But this is where most people don't like it. It gets uncomfortable. Yes, it does sometimes. It gets uncomfortable. And then they just, I don't want to go back there. Anybody been there? Amen. It's hard. But God says he's not harsh. Amen. It's just how we look at things. Just we we need to just stay there. Stay there 
and allow God to see he's coming with his peace and his love and his joy. He's coming to, to help us and to build us up and to erase all of the things that's not good. He, God doesn't let you stay in an ugly condition. <laughs> he just doesn't. <laughs> He's going to take all that ugliness, all that stuff that he dredge up and he's going to, he, he's going to trade it for the gold. Amen. Hallelujah. What he, because what's left is pure gold. And that's what he wants from us. And if you're born again, you got it in you. Amen. You just need to get on on that altar and stay. I, I had this girl one time say, I feel like I've been in a chopper, blended and in a chopper. I've been blended up. God just done cut me all kind of ways. Amen. She didn't stay on there long enough. And I was just listening I was scared. I'm like, oh, Lord, is it that bad? And that was a good assessment of it. But I'm telling you, it's not over until God says it's over. You have to stay on that wheel. And sometimes I'm telling you, God will give you wisdom enough to get back on there yourself and say, you know what, God, I know my heart's not right. Or I know I'm not done and I need to get back on the potter's wheel and you need to remold me, reshape me and remake me, get my heart right, you know, and give me some more direction because I'm not as smart as I try to act like I am. I need more wisdom. I need more knowledge. I need more revelation. And so you can get back on his wheel at any time. Amen. But I believe the rest, entering into God's rest, lead us into a restoration or uh and cleansing uh you know some kind of way i think it'll lead you to that potter's wheel that, that thing that everybody's avoiding <laughs> but we need to allow ourselves to rest in the lord and not fight it or decide how much rest is going to work for you amen follow god's lead We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. This rest of God is necessary for us to teach us how not to worry. Okay, so God is doing all of this to teach us how to live and walk in the spirit and not worry. He is teaching us how not to worry about tomorrow. And that's why that scripture says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow can t- has worries of its own. It has worried. So he's saying, look, don't worry about. But th- he says they, they won't hear me. So I'm going to teach them. He has to teach us how not to worry. And it's true. I need it. Amen. He has to teach us how to live a stress-free life in the rest of God. Where peace passes all understanding. You ever just sat and well, I'll go back to my little, um, communication with God or that was a, what would you call that? I had a, a encounter with God and he taught in that, in that moment and it was, it was a time had passed and I just forgot where I was and I had peace. I had joy and I had a great appreciation for living things, even a bird, even a worm. I was concerned. I was appreciative. Cause see, that was, you know, normally I hate 
creatures you know and worms and mice Ugh. but that was the bird's food that was his food so how can i not appreciate god creating food for the birds that are so beautiful and so you learn when you have an encounter with god you learn a great appreciation for everything amen every living creature everything and it must have it's, it's it has its worthwhile because Adam bothered to name it. He wouldn't bother to name something that had no value. There's value in everything. Amen. And so I just learned how to value every single moving thing. So this is where we roll over. That term roll over is used in the charismatic movement people or however you want to put it. And I remember people saying, well, you need to roll that over on God. And I said, what are they talking about? But it's casting your cares or roll it over off your back and roll that monkey onto his. Amen. All the weight and cares of us, roll it onto God. Roll it unto God or let God handle it. We forget what's available to us by entering God's rest. In other words, when you enter his rest, you figure out and you find out what's important and what's not. The method in which we do things, those things that are important to God and and not important to us, those things that we shouldn't let take up our time, and we learn the things that we should take up our time. And so we enter into the rest of God where he is in control and we are no longer in control. In other words, when you roll it over on him, you give him control. Complete control is in God's rest. And this is why the Bible says to come to him. We read that in Matthew 11. Come to me, all those who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give them rest. And that's all God wants to do. He wants to build up cleanse and build up your inner man and clean up your flesh so we won't keep occupying it and occupy the spirit realm i think i messed that up but you know what i'm saying he wants us the spirit mind and body the soul he wants to rest your soul so your spirit can dominate and take over how's that amen and so this is all he's trying to do. He he wants us to look to him for our daily help. Because the Holy Spirit knows how to untangle all things. Amen. All things that we get involved in. When we ask, he makes adjustments. And this is what we, and see this is why if you think about this, this is why things fall apart on us. Or blow up in our face. Because, see, when we go to him with it, he untangles things and makes adjustments in all things so they don't blow up in our faces. They blow up because we don't take him, take take these things to him because we don't trust God with everything. Oh, I don't want to bother God with the small things. Those small things are the things that blow up. And so he wants us to come to him. In all things. Sometimes when I, I go to him about some things, I don't get an answer. And that's because what I'm doing is okay. You know, sometimes he, he'll let us know. Amen. If he don't tell you nothing, then he ain't saying nothing. 
So keep doing what you're doing. Amen. So anyway, see, the devil wants us to think everything we do is wrong. We're on the wrong road. And sometimes we are. And sometimes we're not. Amen. And so we have to keep our trust in God. Keep resting in God. And you will not be moved. This is why some people don't quit. This is why some people continue to stand. Having done all to stand. And they don't quit. It's because they've turned that thing. They rolled it over on God. They're not carrying that stuff. I know I ain't. I gave it to God. And I'm not. I've tried to pick it up a a zillion times. And every time I try to pick it up again, God said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Or I'll touch it and something blow up in my face. And so I've learned. Let it stay with him. And he will direct my path. Amen. And so this is what resting it is just so much entailed in the rest of God. And I, I really, when Pastor Barb gave me that, uh, uh, that, uh, prophecy, I'm like, well, what, is, what is that? I didn't know how to rest in God. God has to teach us. So all you can do is go to his throne of grace boldly and just stay there until he starts to speak to you. And I'm telling you, every day that you're in his rest, it feels more comfortable, more comfortable because I didn't know. I mean, and, and it had been so long since I had been there. I'm not ashamed to say it because it's been a long time for y'all too. Amen. And you just forget to enter into his rest. You get things so piled up on you. And, you know, especially when you're working and uh, if you have a job where it's a, a job of uh, uh, some type of corporate uh, thing or uh, in a position, you get so used to having your calendar and going boom boom i got to do this 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 and this but god wants you to see him about all that stuff on your corporate list and we have to learn how to do that too let him handle that stuff amen i'm learning how to be still and don't do nothing see i had to learn god had to teach me that doing nothing is okay it's okay to not give somebody a response if you don't have one don't make nothing up I used to think I had to have an answer for everybody. Well, okay. Well, see, it's like you have to do that and and see that's, you know, for this. And I don't have to. I don't have to do that anymore. If if you don't know and I don't have an answer for you, God will give you one. Or maybe he'll give me an answer later. Amen? Amen. But you have to give him a chance to work things out and to answer. You don't have to do that. You know, all you you have to do is be true to God. Be true to who you are. Be true to yourself. Don't let yourself down. Because, you know, the devil works on us to try to lose confidence in our words, who we are. Don't want you to know who you are. The devil is an evil liar. Lie right in your face, right behind your back. he do anything. And so we have to know a few things. Amen. And number one, you have to know that God is with you as a mighty, terrible one. Hallelujah. And he will see to it that his per, your persecutors stumble and be greatly ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to have faith in God. Have faith in the little things. 
Let's go to First Peter. I'm almost done. First Peter five. And if God gives me some more, I'll preach it again tomorrow. Hallelujah. I got a lot of uh text messages or emails. I don't know, messenger, whatever you call those. And uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, that that's where I am. That was for me. I was surprised. And they said, um, I didn't know how to enter into the rest, and I knew I needed it. And I'm saying, okay, well, I sure hope God explained a little bit more to me. Amen. But this is where we are. First Peter 5, verse 6. Hallelujah. And it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, the opposite of rest is doing things on your own. And when we do things on our own, we look, we're looking for something for, for it. I'll put it like that. But God says, if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. You don't have to look for anybody to acknowledge you or give you any kind of status or position because of something that you are doing. Because that's works. Amen. And you have to put your flesh under. In other words, let your spirit man rule and allow your flesh to get under him. See, this is why we keep our bad habits or go back to our bad habits. Because our flesh is stronger than our spirit man. Amen. But this is why I tell people, especially when they're new converts, I say, look, don't worry. I, I say, your flesh is still stronger than your spirit. That's all that is. You ain't a bad person. I say, but because that's the, that's the truth. Uh huh. Don't that make sense? But when your spirit, if you stay at it, when just repent and keep going, when your spirit man start to dominate your flesh, there is a putting under that you can do to make your flesh behave and not go into its old activities. Does that make sense? You can do that, but your spirit man has to get built up. Amen. And I don't know what they telling people in most places, but that's just the only way it's going to work. If your spirit man, you can get uh, uh, instantly delivered, you know, if by the laying on the hands or something like that. But I'm just talking about working it out with God. He has to make your spirit man stronger than your flesh man. And there's a putting under that you can do, and it's it, but your mind and your uh, your mind has to be renewed to do that you because you must know and understand that your spirit man has control of your flesh man but see we don't all know that there's people been born again for 40 years and don't know that and so we have to allow our spirit man to get stronger and dominate so that our flesh man will take orders from the spirit does that make sense to y'all and when it starts to take orders, it, you put that under and, and allow your spirit man to rule. You you got it made. Are you still going to get in trouble? Yep. You'll run into something else that's going to detain you. But it's never too big for God. Amen. Never too big for God. Hallelujah. Why? Because God supplies all of your needs. 
And he takes care of everything that concerns you. It concerns him. So God's rest will cause you not to be moved. You'll take a stand and not fall. You'll, you'll take a stand and not, and you'll prevail. I put it like that. You won't fall backwards. Amen. And so the devil want to tell you, oh, you bad, you this, you, uh-uh. Don't, don't, he's a liar. That's his nickname is liar. Amen. He don't tell the truth. And especially to Christians, he's always in our business. That's what blows my mind. He, 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 listen, he owned them out there, but he always up in the church. Because he's trying to clean the place out. He doesn't want us to believe a word that that Bible says. But we have to believe the word because be honest with you, that's all we got. We don't have anything else except the word of God. Amen. He supplies for our daily needs. And how else can he show you that you don't enter into his rest? When you do that, he'll just take care of everything, every need. That word cares, because we've been using that word a lot. Cast your cares. It means all your distractions, all your anxieties, all of your burdens and worries, even your divided mind. And that's what the word care means. A care is a divided mind. So take all of that. When you cast your cares upon God, that's what you're doing. You're putting all of that stuff on God. And in exchange for being spiritually alert and also being prayerfully, uh, prayerfully alert. Spiritually and prayerfully alert. Amen. And so we must Take our minds off. It's a thing. Take your mind off you. Amen. That's what's wrong with most people. And that's what was wrong with me. I was, I was in it, in it too much. And so you think about how you feel, what you're going through, you know, what you may or may not do or what somebody said. It's a lot. But you have to cast that stuff upon the Lord. Amen. Because the devil's trying to defeat you at every turn. And that's, I'm telling you, at every turn, he'll try to defeat you with somebody's weak flesh. Amen. Don't worry about them. Just, just you stay with God. Amen. Let them do what they're going to do. God cares for us affectionately. And that's also that word cares. It's God cares for us affectionately. So give him all your pressures. The pressures of the day. Roll them over on him. And this is an everyday exercise. You don't just do this one time. God is not going to say, hey, hey, I I heard from you already. (laughs) I heard from you on Wednesday. You know. Give somebody else a chance. He doesn't say that. He is not going to say that. He's going to welcome you every single day. Amen. The mercies are new every morning. You get a chance to go and and visit him every day and tell on somebody or whatever it is. Whatever you need. You go every day. You're not taking anybody's place because you have a place. Amen. Hallelujah. The secret place is the place for you 
to roll it over on him. And that's your permanent place. Really, God wants it to be our permanent place. Okay, let's see. Did we go into, we went into, um, okay, go back to Hebrew. Because we're in First Peter. Into Hebrews 4. I'm going to finish that scripture. Hebrews 4 verse 16 this time. Uh, wait a minute. I didn't do it. 4.16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And that's just what we we were talking about. That we might obtain mercy. Hallelujah. And find grace to help us in a time of need. Amen. So there's mercy and grace waiting for you. See, he didn't tell you about that, but he don't have to tell you all of his plans. You go to his throne and then he gets, he surprises you. Amen. He gives you what you need. He says to draw near or some Bibles say draw nigh unto him. Amen. And that's what that drawing nigh is. You draw nigh when you know who you are. In other words, um, if you have a problem with your identity, if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, or if you have a flesh problem or uh, some type of problem that you haven't been delivered from and you might question who you are. But see, I'm, I'm, you know, God doesn't know me like that or I've done so much. I don't know if God will forgive me or I don't know if he'll do that for me. See, that's an identity crisis. You don't know who you are because I'm telling you, you're redeemed. Amen. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And the law is anything, a sickness, disease, a bad mind, uh, uh, anything that the devil is doing. And you've been redeemed because the price has been paid. So you have to get up in in the devil's face and say, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed. God is not holding me accountable for that. I've repented, and that's under the blood. you got to know who you are and know your rights. Amen. Just like sickness and disease, it has no right to you. It has no right to your body. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions already. That's your sins. Amen. You know, pierced and and beaten for our iniquities. And he was chastised for our peace. And with his stripes, we were already healed. I think it was Peter. Is that in Peter? Peter told his, um, his understanding and he witnessed the cross. And Isaiah told it to us in the book Isaiah about what was to come. And it was, and they told the same story. And that was, millions and millions well not millions i'm exaggerating hundreds 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 of of uh years prior when isaiah 
prophesied it. If you look in Isaiah 61 and then read Luke, Luke's account in Luke 4, it'll tell you the same thing. That's what I'm trying to say. They'll give the same account of what Jesus did. So Isaiah told of the coming king and he talked, talked, but he talked about the law and what we were redeemed from. We were still, uh, if you obeyed the Ten Commandments and kept, kept all of his statutes, he said he put none of the diseases. Exodus fifteen twenty six. But then you go and you read what Peter said. Peter said the same thing. But he talked about the cross and what was done at the cross. I don't care what you read. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there's somebody in that Old Testament that's going to tell you the same thing. And so it's been tried and it's true. Amen. There is no way the devil can snatch you back. Amen. Hallelujah. Just ain't going to happen. So what you need to do is keep going with God. Amen. Hallelujah. He was wounded for my transgressions. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I was healed. Amen. Hallelujah. But in Exodus, it says, I'll put none of these diseases upon you or your children. Because I am the Lord, that God that healeth thee. He's still saying the same thing. So I don't know how these atheists get in the Bible and start telling us what it say because they don't know. Amen. <laughs> they going to go in there and tell you what your words say. But I'm telling you, God has completed everything to perfection. And he knew, look, he sent for you and he sent for me. He knew you were coming. And he planned for you. I remember when Rachel was born and, and he gave us a scripture for her. But, and he said she was called by divine design. Amen. I'll never forget that. And I think it's written in my Bible. It, she was called by this divine design. And so that's how we were all called. And I'm telling you, God doesn't make mistakes about his people. See, you have to know these things. And that's where your identity comes from. So when the devil start knocking on your door and he will knock, you tell him who you are. Oh, no, uh-uh. I'm the child of the king. <laughs> I've been redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Poverty is a curse. Sickness is a curse. You know, anything that is not of God is a, is the curse. And the curse has got a whole lot in Deuteronomy 28. It tell you about them curses. And it's a long list. And then it says, and anything that's to come, all of these new, new diseases. Well, you know, that wasn't out back then, but it's a new disease called thus and such. The Bible already took care of that because it says any disease that is to come, anything that they can create, anything that the devil creates, God says you redeem from it. Amen. And so these things we know, we have to know, and when we start talking back to the devil, that's the only, and yes, he hard-headed, yes, he is. Are you going to keep, well, I'm saying that, well, keep saying it. You have to keep saying it and keep saying, because the devil is very hard-headed. He want to convince you, but what you have to do is convince him. Amen. I think I have one more scripture. Let me see what it is. Okay, let's see. Are we in Hebrews? Okay. Let's go to Hebrew 3. Let's go back. Hebrews 3. 
Hallelujah. Come to me and draw near to me. Oh, this is what I want to say before we go that God says you're not bothering me. Amen. Cast your burdens upon me. And be honest with you, this is how I'm looking at it. That's a part of your obedience. Because God is saying, come to me, draw nigh unto me, and I'm going to show you great mighty things that you know not. That's, that's, uh, uh, he is telling us, he's giving us instructions. And when you don't go to him, you're being disobedient. Because he wants that badly to prove himself to us. He says, you're not bothering me. I want to get involved. In everything you're doing. See, that's why we don't ask him. We don't want him involved. Amen. Until we get beat up by the devil. Casting your cares. Hallelujah. Causes us to keep godly peace. That's how you keep your peace. Is casting your cares upon him. God's pace is not like our pace. He, he flows at a different pace. His rhythm is different from ours. Amen. And that's why people fly off the handle. When they fly off the handles, because they're not in his pace and in his rhythm. Are y'all here? You can't be in his rhythm and do your own thing. Amen. When you, when you keep your peace and stay with God's pace, then you stay in his rhythm and you don't fly off. Not that people don't need to be corrected. They do. Amen. And even slap now and then. Because that's the kindness. See, religious people don't like that. But when you, if you slap by a, a you know, a, a Christian or whatever says that's a kindness. But see, religion looks at that as I got you now. You ain't got me. You don't got me nowhere because you better be glad I didn't slap you because I might not have done it in a nice gesture. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But see, that's they always watching, always listening, always trying to catch you. It's just like somebody put a mouse trap out. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you that's why God has that in there for those who know. Who don't know. Amen. And so you have to, you know, you just got to live free and stop watching for people to mess up. People going to mess up. Period. That's in there too. Because the Bible says you're going to be offended when offense comes. It's, it didn't say if somebody. It says when it comes. When it comes. What does it say do? Forgive. Amen. And sometimes you might have to set somebody straight, but you do it in love or you take it to the elders of the church. That's, that's what the Bible also says to do. Amen. You don't take gossip with you, but you, but you take the incident so that it can be cleared up. That's how things get cleared up because the God's anointing is on the leadership. Amen. It's on the head. Because he's going to give them a word in season. He ain't going to give it to just Joe Blow. But, uh, but you know, like it depends on where you are. If you're in a setting where there's trouble, I'm not saying that God is not telling you to intervene. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about in the church setting. But if you are somewhere, and I've known a lot of people to have had the word of God on their mouth and they said nothing and allowed a, a, a what what is that, a, when people get into it, it's called a, 
you know, altercation. They allow these altercations to happen because they they just back off because of fear. But the anointing is on them to say something, you know, and God will anoint your words. It depends on the situation. But you, you know, you can't, you can't operate like we have, we need to get in line, get in order. God is all about order. Amen. Hebrews 3, let's back up and go there, 319. And it says, so we see that we could not enter in because of unbelief. Hallelujah. And I think this was talking about the children uh, in the wilderness, the Israelites. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. They couldn't enter enter into God's rest. You know why? Because they complained too much. They had uh, too much going on and they didn't want to surrender all of that displeasure or dis I don't know, whatever you call it. They weren't satisfied. Dissatisfaction. They didn't want to surrender that to God. And when you don't want to surrender it to God, you will keep it. And this is, I believe, the reason they couldn't enter into the rest of God. Let's see. I want to go back. Let's read 16. It says, for who have... Who, having heard, rebelled? See, rebellion to keep you from entering in. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Amen. Hallelujah. They didn't believe anything God told them. And he did everything he promised and then some. Parted the Red Sea. Made water out of the rock. He did everything. Gave them quail and whatever they whined for. You know, and uh, he started the plagues and he stopped the plagues. He did everything to show them his power and his glory. And they still did not enter into his rest. They didn't take upon him their yoke. I hope I said that right. But they had the yoke of unbelief. They took that up instead and they didn't enter in. Amen. Okay, so let's go flip back to 4, Hebrews 4, 1. Let's go to 1. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear least any of you seem to have come short of it. In other words, it says, look, this promise still remains through Abraham. It, it, it still remains. And God has this promise for us. Even though the Israelites didn't receive it, we can still receive it. It says, uh, let us fear at least any one of you to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. See, they were preached the word, the gospel. They heard the gospel and did not believe. 
It says not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So in other words, you got when you hear, you got to mix what you hear with faith or it don't work for you. So anything you hear has got to be mixed with faith. Anything you do for God, it's got to be mixed with faith. Entering into his rest have to be mixed with faith. These people did not do that, and they did not enter into his rest. The rest was a promise to them, but they did not enter in. Okay, so let's do verse 2 again. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3 says, for, for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, it's sad. But when you enter into God's rest, you're supposed to show him something. Show him your faith. Amen. Show him your faith. Know who you are. It's just so important. This is a big thing. I think it's because of now. Now is the time for God and God's people to enter in his rest. I believe he's calling us now more than ever before. In fact, I know it. To enter into his rest. Amen. And stop all of our foolishness. Stop trying to handle everything. That's the biggest thing. God wants us to depend on him. And stop trying to handle all things. And then let me tell you another reason why people don't enter into God's rest is the hardness of your heart. That's what was wrong with those wilderness people. They hardened their heart against God, against Moses, against the word, because they didn't want to be there. But when you don't want to be somewhere, you make the best of it. You can't have everything your way. Amen. And so they heart, they harden their hearts against God and his word. And when they did that, that caused them not to be able to go into the rest. Amen. A hardened heart. A hardened heart will cause you not to receive the promises of God. Why? Because there's unbelief. When you have a hardened heart, there's unbelief. Because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work on your unbelief and help you. To the place or receive grace and mercy to help you to, to where you can receive all things from God. And so when you harden your heart, you know, then things just don't work out. You don't enter into God's rest. You continue to strive and do things on your own. Have you ever said to yourself or said to somebody, I can do this? You know, that's, that's an example. Not that sometimes that's not God. I'm just saying that phrase is what I'm saying. Because some, sorry about that. Some things we need to do on our, we need to just do them. Just do it. God has given, has graced you to do it. Go do it. But some things God is saying, uh, approach him with it or, you know, enter in my rest so that I can show you how to get it done. 
and then we want to do it our way, then sometimes a hardened heart will cause us to think like that. And so a hardened heart will cause your faith not to work. So I'm just bringing that up because God brought that up to me as a hindrance of entering into his rest. Amen. So it's good to surrender to God's power because hardening your heart is a protective, a protective covering that we use so we don't surrender. See, the devil works in all kind of ways. And ultimately, you run into religion that tells us to do that kind of stuff because we think it's right. Amen. But when you, you get tired of striving, you'll surrender to God's plan and purpose for your life. And see, I think we fight against it unknowingly because we don't think it's good. Okay, thanks. We don't think it's good for us. But we, but we don't know God's ways are different. He's already told us. His ways are not our ways. They're higher. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than ours. So we're not even thinking on the same plane. Don't be afraid when you go to do something. God is with you. Don't ask me where that came from. It came from him. When you go to do something, don't be afraid. God is with you to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Roll over. On God, all your thoughts and plans, and let him do it. In other words, just let him be in charge. Because sometimes God is is saying, you're on the right road, go ahead, you know, whatever you, but just let him still be in charge. And we don't think we have to consult God on everything, but let me just kind of help you on this the way God helped me. It doesn't mean you have to make a formal plea to go, oh, I got to go into the rest and get it. See, when you walk in the spirit, you're walking in rest. And so he will give you, you'll know what to do. He'll give you the answer as you go along. Does that make sense? Okay. He'll give you, it's not a formal, oh, let me stop and go into his rest. When you keep going in there, but but that's how you start out. Start out like that. That's how I had to start out too. Because I didn't know what God was saying. Rest, okay, well, I'm going to sleep till 12 instead of 10. (laughs) Get my rest. But, you know, when you uh, start, when you, okay, when you enter into God's rest, you'll start walking in the spirit. And things will just start, spiritual things will become natural to you. That's what I can say. Does that make sense? That help out? And so, but until it does come natural, you keep going to him saying, okay, God, what do I do? In your prayer time, you just say, God, I'm just going to enter into your rest because I can't handle this. And when you do that, that's rolling it over. And then it'll, he'll start giving you, empowering you and making you strong in on the inside. So you may not be able to feel maybe in the natural you don't feel strong, but he's in he's equipping and empowering you and giving you a, a strength transfusion where you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. It all works together. God has this thing all worked out. But the big thing is to trust him and to surrender to his authority. Amen. All right. Father, we do thank you and praise you for your word. Amen. We love you. And we exalt you, Father. Hallelujah. We bless you and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
and praise God. If any